Well, there goes the trip to Reykjavik next summer. I'm Dave Helling with the Star's editorial board. The changes out at Kansas City International Airport, what they mean for business travelers and leisure travelers, and what they say about Kansas City. You're on Deep Background. And greetings. Welcome to Deep Background for October 2nd, 2019. Dave Helling with the Star's editorial board and as always Leah Becerra my co-host Leah great to have you with us and Kevin Hardy of the business desk here at the star uh, and I, I I just have to say it this way he's here to give us a 30,000 foot look <laughs> <laughs> at the decision to end Kansas City's only trans-European uh, non-stop flight which was announced this week and just talk about uh, things out at the airport. So, Kevin, great to have you with us. Well, for those who um, may not have been paying attention, Iceland Air, who came to Kansas City a couple of years ago in a great uh, explosion of enthusiasm and and attention, has decided to stop flying from Kansas City International uh, to Iceland. Tell us why and what the announcement was about and really how people responded to it because I think there it was a surprise to folks. Yeah, I think that there was a belief that this might this would be a good testing ground to see if Kansas City can really sustain a transatlantic flight uh, nonstop somewhere to Europe, which has obviously been a huge goal of the airport for at least the last decade or so, um, trying to, to get some more service um, so that folks don't have to connect through Chicago, Newark, Charlotte, that you can fly right from Kansas City to um, continental Europe, but um, Iceland Air just said it didn't say much about the decision. They have had a lot of changes at that company. They've been greatly affected by the Boeing uh, 737 MAX 8 planes that have been grounded, so they've had to reconfigure a lot of their routes, and, and it's unclear how much of a role that played in Kansas City's change, but they just said they couldn't make it work for commercial reasons. That was about all we heard. It seemed like it was pretty popular or as popular as one would expect. I, I remember when it was first announced, you know, my initial reaction was, who wants to fly to Iceland? I mean, that's, you know, it's not like a great tourist destination. Yeah, well, a lot of people yeah. wanted to go, didn't yeah. they, Leah? What, what, it seemed popular. Was it less popular than we know? I think it was the idea is twofold that I mean Iceland is this huge tourist destination that has really blossomed in the last five to ten years as sort of a hidden gem um, and I've been over there before and it's it is a great place and I can see why people want to go but that, the other, did you ever go Leah did you I, ever you, I never have but and I think this is what Kevin is going to get to next a lot of people were also using this flight as a way to fly to other destinations just more cheaply right I mean their their hub is in Reykjavik and you know, you could take a flight from here to Reykjavik and then hop onto another Iceland airplane to Dublin or London or what have you. So it was another connection point. But if you know, if you're not if you're not going to Reykjavik proper, um, it's you're still taking a connection to get to continental. Right, Europe. just a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. Now we should also be clear, shouldn't we, that this flight was heavily subsidized. I mean, it wasn't just Iceland Air saying, boy, we really want to be in the Kansas City market. Kansas City had to prime the pump a little bit. Right. So the airport waived uh, landing fees for Iceland Air, um, which I believe was, you know, thousands of dollars of waived fees. And the Kansas City Area Development Council and the Kansas City Chamber both um, put up essentially a guarantee, a backstop that if the flight didn't meet certain revenue thresholds, they would 
subsidize Iceland Air. And we've heard from KCADC this week that they are going to offer some of those funds to the airline. So apparently it did not meet whatever revenue targets were set, but we don't know the specifics right. of those numbers. Plus they also offered some marketing money, I think, right, Leah, that they would help promote the flight, which certainly they did. Of all the flights out of KCI, it seemed like most people knew about the trip from here to Reykjavik. It's funny, in the comments section on the story that this flight was no longer going to be a thing, um, a lot of people were talking about how they had seen it so heavily advertised. Um, but I think the majority of people were just kind of bummed that they didn't get to use it already. They were planning to eventually, but they just hadn't done it yet. Yeah, there goes my whole summer vacation, I guess. <laughs> but people were also bummed, weren't they, Kevin, by the implication of the cancellation? Right. Like it really underscores this question of whether Kansas City is a market that can sustain um, nonstop service to Europe. It, Kansas City is one of the um, highest demand markets that doesn't have that. We're sort of on that that tipping point there. Us, Kansas City and Cleveland are the, the markets that have the most uh, European service, sorry, European demand, but don't have a nonstop service. So this just really raises questions of, you know, will we ever get that? And if we land another one, can we keep it? Do we have enough demand to sustain it? And how do we answer that question? I mean, I don't need facts and figures, but is it a big minus for this area that you can't fly from Kansas City to Paris without stopping? I mean, if you want to go to Paris, you can get there. You just have to stop one time. And for the business traveler, I think, arguably, one stop. If you if you need to go to Paris, one stop is not the end of the world. And really for vacationers as well, which is a smaller one, assumes part mm -hmm. of the market. So is it the tragedy that I mean, uh, you know, people were really upset when this was announced earlier yeah. in the week. Is it the tragedy that it seems in your view? So from a practical standpoint, I don't think it's a, a huge deal. It's not like Kansas City had 15 European destinations. We had one destination. So if Reykjavik isn't your ultimate destination, you're still connecting. You still have a layover uh, just the same same way you same would going to O'Hare yeah, or some, right. somewhere else. But um, a lot of the experts I've talked to this week about this story you know, have said there is like a there is an amount of like civic pride. People think you're you know a minor you're you're a major league player once you have nonstop transatlantic service that it shows your your city is serious. That's why other cities like Indianapolis and Pittsburgh have fought really hard to subsidize that kind of service because they it, it is a it's a pride thing as much as a practicality. Yeah, thing. Leah, you're a world traveler, as I think we all know. Is it, uh, it, it does it say something about Kansas City that we struggle to sustain a transatlantic flight without a stop? I've actually only been outside of the U.S. once, for, for the record. Um, I, I, I think Kevin is hitting on something that's true, which is that it is sort of like a status thing for a lot of people, like Kansas City International should have international flights and even this transatlantic flight. And it should be, it should feel easier to get places. And um, a lot of the comments sort of are looking forward and making, posing questions about, you know, what the new single terminal airport will mean for these types of flights in the future. Yeah. Well, we want to come back to that on the other side of the break, because I think that is an important point. But, but it, it, it just, again, focusing a little bit on this Iceland Air decision, it, it is hard to see how you can justify a nonstop from Kansas City to Europe, given that Kansas City is in the center of the country. I mean, it, I get it for Pittsburgh or 
L.A. or, or you know, but, but we're dead in the middle of the country, and so it's harder, it seems to, it's just more expensive to fly from Kansas City to London than it is from New York to London. Right. What am I missing there, and, anything? And the way that a lot of airlines have expanded their um, Atlantic travel is by using smaller, more fuel-efficient airplanes, uh, which allows sort of the, these networks to open up. You don't need these monstrosities that you see right. when you're at LAX or O'Hare. But um, the flip side is that of that is that they don't often go as far. So some people that I talked to this week mentioned that 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 puts Kansas City in a tough spot. Um, Iceland Iceland's geography is also sort of primed it well that it's not a far flight from places like Kansas City, Minneapolis. Right, right. But from Kansas City to London, Kansas City to much Paris farther. is a much further flight. I will say I'm not. A, I've been overseas one time as a you know journalist. I had a story to cover, but. But for leisure, I've never been outside of the country. But I did fly my family to Hawaii about 10 years ago for a week-long vacation, spring break vacation. We flew from Kansas City to St. Louis and then flew nonstop from St. Louis to Hawaii, which also suggests that the airline's routing decisions are a little inscrutable anyway, right, Kevin? I mean, it, you know, it's based on loads and costs and... Right, you know, gas and the size of the plane, that type of thing. You also have factors that at least I had never considered. In Kansas City, the the market leader is Southwest Airlines. Southwest doesn't do any overseas travel aside from you know Latin America and the Caribbean. So other cities that maybe used to be a Delta hub or an American hub still have this built-in loyalty, and those travelers want to fly on Delta or KLM or whatever right, right. they're. Um, loyalty program is with so that also can sort of hurt Kansas City's chances because our a, a lot of our business travelers are on Southwest they're not on yeah. American or United. A couple of other things before we move on to a more generic conversation about the airport. Um, you, you mentioned the Boeing seven thirty seven Max and what role it might have played in this decision, and we don't really know for sure. But that has really thrown a crimp into all the airlines, hasn't it? This this grounding of those planes because of an apparent defect that led to some some serious accidents. Right. I mean, and Iceland Air is not a huge airline, so them losing a certain amount of their fleet really put them in a bind where they were leasing aircraft from other companies. Right. Um, I know that the airport here says that it really got in a bind uh, with the grounding because they essentially added a day of service from Kansas City. They went from three days a week to four. They were supposed to be going to smaller, more efficient planes, but instead this grounding made them go to larger, less efficient planes. So you had larger, more expensive, more empty planes flying out of Kansas City, and that can't have helped the profitability of the route. Yeah, and it's been just a struggle for all travelers, hasn't it, Lee? I mean, that whole grounding has been really, really a mess. Yeah, I feel like I haven't actually flown that often since it happened, but I feel like a lot of people who I talk to who've been flying a lot more recently have experienced more delays or have seen the um, plane that they were supposed to fly on switch at a certain point, and that really does mess things up a lot. Yeah. And these airlines don't see, they, there's no end in sight to this. There's right. no end. And they were supposed to end like in August at the right. latest, and here we are in October, and it's still a problem. And these airlines plan so far out in advance, particularly something like Iceland Air that's a seasonal route where they're thinking about next summer and, and they don't know what fleet they're going to have. Before we move on, 
There was an announcement as we tape uh, on Wednesday about another couple of flights to Mexico. And I know there was, you know, we're not international to the east, but we are international to the south and west nonstop. Is that, I assume that's good news for people who like to go to Mexico. Yeah, I think that that just shows the the strength of the sort of leisure category is really big from Kansas City, particularly the more like budget-friendly airlines. Um, But today, Vacation Express, which does charter flights and sort of vacation packages announced um, a new flight to Cancun, which already has service from Kansas City, but um, Puerto Vallarta as another location, which we currently do not have service to. So yeah, you're putting the underscoring the international and KCI a little bit more this week. You're also underscoring the idea that given a choice between Reykjavik and Reykjavik and Cancun, more people would probably want to go to Cancun from Kansas City, Leah, (laughs) than all the way to Iceland. I mean, I would still like to go to Iceland. (laughs) Well, maybe you can get there some other way. We're going to take a break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more broadly about the airport. You're on Deep Background. Hey there, it's Leah. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you like what you hear, help us support this podcast and the journalism that reporters at the Kansas City Star do every day by subscribing. There's an easy way for you to do it. Head to kansascity.com slash background. You'll even get a special discount just for being a Deep Background listener. Subscribing at that URL will get you three months of unlimited digital access for $1.99 total. You get access to kansascity.com, the e-edition of the newspaper, mobile apps, and more for three whole months. And it only costs you $1.99. It's a pretty sweet deal. Plus, you'll be supporting journalism that makes a difference in Kansas City. So grab your computer or mobile device and go to kansascity.com slash background. And hey, thanks for listening. Back with my friend Leah Becerra and uh, Kevin Hardy of The Star talking about Kansas City International Airport and the decision announced this week to end the uh, connection between KCI and uh, Iceland made by Iceland Air. Um, We don't really need to talk about the airport terminal, Kevin, because we've talked about that project a bajillion times. But how much, you mentioned this in the first segment, but let's explore this idea that an airport is reflective of a city's health. Um, is that true? Is that, do you, in your view, is that true? Do cities, uh, you know, I don't think New York sits around and thinks, boy, if LaGuardia is crap, we're in trouble. And LaGuardia is in crap, all, is crap, <laughs> yeah. although it is undergoing a massive facelift right. as well. But is this a place where civic pride is so important that you need to invest money beyond just the terminal improvement to try and you know, boost the attractiveness of Kansas City. Yeah, I don't know if need is the right word, but I think there's definitely a desire. It's, as people always say, it's the front door. It's the first thing people see when they come to your city. So lots of cities have invested lots of money in making their airports just as as nice and uh, spiffy as they can be. So I think there is some truth to that. Um, but there's also, like you said, the health of an airport, and Kansas City is a is a busy airport. There are lots of destinations served. It's not... This isn't a podunk airport that only flies to O'Hare or something right. like that. Right. It's is, not like, I mean, I don't want to get in, in <laughs> trouble, which I may, but 
There are airports, even medium-sized airports. Wichita is a good example where you have subsidized service. Literally, they come in and buy service because the traffic just isn't, you know, the city just doesn't generate this or did at one time, did not generate enough enough traffic. Kansas City doesn't face that problem. I mean, it's, it puts a million people a month through that airport. Right. And we have, I mean, there's a, there's, there are enough big employers here that are sending people all over the country, all over the world that um, there's just a large market of business travelers. There's also just a healthy leisure travel market as shown by Southwest, their success here. That was one of the, Leah, you'll remember this during the airport campaign. One of the big selling points is, oh, we can get more nonstop flights. That always weirded me out a little bit because you can get where you need to go. I mean, you know, I don't, I've never, and I've lived in Kansas City now for, you know, 35 years or whatever it is. And I never sat around and, boy, I really need to get to Minneapolis. There's just no way to get there by airplane. That's ludicrous. You can get almost anywhere you need to go in this country. And so I don't get this idea that we have more nonstops, but maybe readers and others see it a different way. Well, I do see the appeal for getting more nonstops, though, just because connections can be a huge headache and um, finding connections that maybe the connecting flight is actually headed in the direction you're going anyway can be hard sometimes. Right. Sometimes I've I had a flight one time where I think I was routed through Texas to get to like Florida or something like that. It was just, well, I've done it doesn't that a make lot. any sense. I mean, sense. you need to go to Washington, you end yeah. up in Atlanta first. And then so in that respect, yeah. nonstop flights really are attractive. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, time is money. So yeah. the faster you can get well, there, the better. Money is an interesting concept too. Uh, do we think that more flights lead to cheaper fares? Because the uh, there was a time in Kansas City way, way long time ago where the competition for hub service was fierce and the Eastern had a hub here for a time and Braniff and some other carriers long gone, TWA. Um, but prices were actually a bit higher because there was no competition. And you'll hear an argument that KCI is actually better without having a hub because it does have this competitive competitive situation. Although, as you point out, Southwest has a lot of flights out of KCI. Right, and Southwest is such a is a little bit of a different model. I think um, they don't have the sort of same the same hub and spoke sort of model that the traditional airlines do. But I think there is an argument to be made, and we've seen stories that you know sometimes it's cheaper to fly to Atlanta and then go on to your destination right. than drive to Atlanta's front front door um, because of that competition element. Um, and I know with international flights, that's something that some of my sources mentioned this week that. If we land that one flight to London, that one flight to Amsterdam or wherever else, that flight is not likely to be cheap because it's the only one. So you see a scenario where we might have it and then you as a traveler say, no, I think I'll fly on Newark and then take the flight over. Right. Or, or the alternative is Kansas City comes in and subsidizes the hell out of that flight and, and buys down the cost of those seats. But then you get into a real argument over whether that's the best way to invest your money or not for those who can afford to go. I mean, it isn't general tax money typically, right, Kevin? It's out of airport revenues or some some uh, voluntary program that the KCADC or somebody else might run. Right. I know here it was not airport revenues or tax revenues. Um, I think I believe in Indianapolis, the Indiana Department of Economic Development fronted that money, which was obviously taxpayer sourced um, for their flight overseas. 
Um, the other the other thing you have to just sort of think about, I guess, with the new terminal, um, with an airline like Southwest, they have said that the current terminal setup does limit their growth and probably the best prospects for new flights are from an airline like that that may right. create more of that hub sense and have more connections. So like there may be an opportunity to grow right. some of those, but I don't know and, what And, it and means. if you had, Lee, if you had a choice, if you said, look, We've got a little money laying around. We'd like to subsidize some flights. If you had a choice between one nonstop to London or maybe more nonstops to San Francisco or more nonstops to New York or wherever, you'd almost think the domestic flights would be more uh, significant to more people than maybe one flight to London. That's probably true. And I think... I would assume that the most vocal community um, that would love to give their opinion on that would probably be the business travel community. C- correct. And, <laughs> and and we do have to differentiate between leisure and, and business travelers who do a lot of flying out of cases. Right. And I just spoke to someone who books corporate flights for you know Kansas City's biggest employers, or many of the biggest employers, and he said that you know, if you ask the business community what they prefer more, it's more, it's flights to unserved cities in the U.S. So whether it's Seattle or Boston or whatever cities we don't have that direct connection to, but those are the real pain points when you're trying to get to a meeting or a conference for a day. I mean, people traveling internationally are really used to the idea of connecting and layovers. And And, and business people are sensitive to cost, just like, I mean, I think a lot of people think that businesses just write checks and fly away. But the higher fares, significantly higher fares to get from here to Seattle or here to San Diego or something, uh, those are a problem or can be a problem. Right. I mean, many of them have policies about choosing essentially the lowest bid or the lowest provider. So they're they're constrained by that just as much yeah. as the average person flying for fun. Okay. So what's the future hold in your view for uh, service out of KCI? I mean, if we're... I won't be sitting here five years from now. If I am, I've done something seriously wrong with my career. But, but, but Leah and Kevin will be here doing deep background. And, and what will the service look like in your view? I mean, will we have more flights? Will we have international uh, flying opportunities? Or is there a sense that KCI is kind of at the ceiling where it needs to be or will be? And the, you know, the new terminal will be nice, but it won't really impact that one way or the other. You know, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised to see some some increase in flights. I don't know that that means transatlantic service to to London or to Amsterdam. I think that that's still uncertain. I think that there's arguments on both sides about what what Iceland did Air the people showed talk us. To you that did the when you were do, reporting out the story on Iceland Air, did, was there a desire to pursue other flights, transatlantic flights, uh, or, yes, was, I mean, or were people saying, "Well, this was fun while it lasted. Now let's focus on something"? No, else. I mean, I, I would say the most the the most clarity that I saw was from the airport, which said we're still going to go out there and try to find something something that will get people over there because there is a need for it. And to you know, they have numbers showing that the demand went up once we had the Iceland flight here. More people flew from Kansas City to continental Europe once the flight was there. So they're going to take those numbers. They're going to take those numbers to British Airways, to American Airlines, and everyone else. But you do think that there will be some expansion, although anyone who thinks that we're going to go from, you know, 50 flights a day to 100 or something, you're probably dreaming a little bit. I think it's a possibility. I think, I don't, I mean, I think. Or whatever the number is, I want to be clear. I don't know for Sure. sure what the daily departures are and arrivals. I think it's likely, and I think you're more likely to see domestic expansion um, but who knows? We'll, we'll have to just wait and yeah. see. What, what do you think? Uh, we'll wrap up with this, Leah. What do you think? 
uh, the demand is for leisure travel in the years ahead. I mean, people, I mean, I, you know what? It was so expensive when I was young that, you know, my wife and I didn't hop on planes and fly for a weekend and wherever. But that seems to be more popular now. You know, the, the you know leisure travel as sort of a thing for younger couples. Is that, I mean, I'm not trying to pick on you as a young person, but it just seems like that's a thing. It is. I mean... I haven't actually taken a vacation outside of the Kansas City area this year, but I I went to, I remember right after I moved here, I went on a vacation to Seattle, for instance. And I feel like when people who are, you know, close to my age and their 30s or whatever, they're considering all their options. They're considering what it costs to drive to a place versus fly to a place. And it seems like there's enough competition in that sort of leisure travel market where you can get a very competitively priced, low-cost yes. ticket Particularly to these if you places think ahead. where it's really fun Particularly to Particularly if you think ahead, right? If you, you Particularly know, the, the business guy ahead. is, hey, I've got to be in Cleveland Monday, and then they're paying $1,000 a seat. But if you want to go to Florida and know about it three months ahead of time, you can fly there extraordinarily Yeah, these cheaply. usually are not last-minute decisions. Right. I think everybody who's done budget traveling knows that you really need to plan out in advance, there's actually, I remember at one point I Googled to try and remember what this number is, but there's like a magic number. I'm doing air quotes <laughs> for the number of days in advance of when you want to take your flight to try and get the cheapest cost ticket. Yeah, yeah. And you see so many sales on fares nowadays that the spontaneity really comes when you get that email and it says, hey, you can go right. somewhere for $59 and you decide, right. boom, right. today I'll book that for three months but, out. But that shows that there is a, some healthy competition at KCI, right? That, that they're Absolutely. offering those kinds of, you do get into those sort of fair wars a little bit, particularly in off-season, off-peak season time. And with those airlines like Allegiant and Southwest, that really, that's their bread and butter and those sale fares. Yeah. Those fair sales are just a big deal for them. I will say this, for the few times, it's been some time since I've flown anywhere, but God, planes are packed. I mean, it isn't like, you know, literally (laughs) when I was a kid, you could, you know, particularly flying back to Kansas City in the early 80s, if you had a plane that was half full from Washington to Kansas City, you were doing something. And now you can't go anywhere, I don't think, without literally every seat being filled, which is kind of a tribute, isn't it, to the airlines who are much smarter now about scheduling and and seat selling and pricing and that type of thing. And packing as many rows of seats as possible to try and get the <laughs> right, maximum right. number of well, bodies. Well, you're talking to a guy who's a huge human being. And I, I know. I, I my other half that. is six, seven, and every single time we fly, we usually sit in different places because it's just not comfortable mm-hmm. to find two seats well, together. That, that's, we'll end on that sad, sad note. <laughs> <laughs> Leah Becerra with The Star, thanks so much. And Kevin Hardy, thanks for coming by and talking about what's going on out at the airport. I'm Dave Helling with The Star's editorial board, and you have been on Deep Background. Thank you.